0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program was brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market. A New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com.
0: I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: Well, hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. We got that snappy little tech tune playing by DJ Uptown Nico and a lot of nodding heads in the studio, which means it's time for Tech Bites. Every Monday at 1 p.m., we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And that technology is not immersion circulators and cooking tech in the kitchen. That's the Dave Arnold Show. This technology is internet, web, app, and digital. The first thing I like to do is to introduce everyone in the studio so we can match the names to the voices. I have two lovely ladies who came out to the shipping container today. Camilla Marcus, hello. Hi, thanks for having us. And Lauren Hobbs. Hello. Very fresh and summery in their sundresses. <laughs> in the control booth, we have Jack Inslee, who is our engineer and Heritage Radio Network's executive producer. Hello. He's also the DJ host of Full Service Radio, which is Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Available for download on iTunes. Plug, podcasting. plug, 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 plug. <laughs> so we start every episode of Tech Bites like a good meal with an appetizer, and we go around the room and we all talk about apps that we love, old favorites, new ones that we've discovered, and I'm going to kick it off today um, with something that is I'm going to be using quite a bit over the next four weeks when we go on a little bit of a station hiatus and break. Um, I will not be here live for the next four weeks at 1 p.m. on Mondays, but there will be lots of great recorded stuff to listen to. And while I'm in the break, I will be spending a lot of time with Hootsuite. Hootsuite, if you are interested in upping your social media game, is an amazing free tool. It is a desktop tool. It is also an app, a free app for iPhone and Android. And basically, it is a mission control dashboard that allows you to plug in multiple social media accounts from multiple social media services like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And you can basically schedule, watch, and post everything um, from one place. And now they have the app on your phone, so you can do that, say, if you were at the beach. And they also recently... Just um, started a slight little beta program for something to go along with HootSuite, which is called suggestions and HootSuite suggestions will trawl the social media streams looking for content under the subject matters and taglines that hashtags that you are interested in so if over the course of the next few weeks I want to alert my listeners to amazing developments in the tech world and the food world and the pizza world i would plug in tech pizza and food and then the little hootsuite suggestion app will populate a special feed of all those things so it's an interesting one-two punch um, and something if you want to up your social media game it's a good thing to look into Uh, jack do you have anything that you're having fun with on your phone this week
0: Yes. Actually, um, I'm going to shout out Periscope, which I believe I may have done in the past. But um, last night, in, I'm not sure if you all know, but the
1: there, there was the one-year anniversary of the Mike Brown shooting in Ferguson. And there
0: were, at first, peaceful protests, which got a little tense later. And there was a reporter from WPIX 11 named Jay Dow, who was kind of streaming his coverage through Periscope. It was really fascinating and
1: well done and a real kind of inside look, unedited, uncut, not like traditional news coverage. I thought it was really kind of revolutionary the way he was able to just stream from the front lines to this app. So, um, yeah, Periscope.
0: I, at first, I thought it was just kind of frivolous things, but it was, it was pretty pretty heavy.
2: Periscope—that That is something that we've talked about, and I know that's something that some of the other show hosts have tried, um, notably Letty Sue on her word-of-mouth yeah, show. She's exactly. periscoped some episodes, and that might be something we want to talk about for the fall season. Maybe. See how everyone can see how great radio looks. Exactly. <laughs> Camilla, do you have an app that you like right now or an I old do. favorite?
3: I do. Um, so this is one actually came out of Y Combinator in San Francisco. They launched in Manhattan think within this month it's called bloom that um they have an amazing app you plug in all your information your billing your credit card one time and then the whole goal is to democratize flower delivery and so it's a way to send flowers to someone without i mean anyone who lives in manhattan knows minimum charge is hundred dollars plus tax gratuity delivery everything and so they're trying to make flowers essentially for everyday gestures not just for special occasions or sort of fancy um you know, fancy circumstances or someone, you know, that's a one-time thing. Um, And it's amazing, especially in our industry. I mean, me personally, I love handwritten notes. I love to make sure that I send someone something when they've been kind or generous or we had a great meeting, and it's a way for a really affordable price. The way it works is um, they rotate, but they're about six different um, arrangements. You know what they're going to look like. They're sort of, I call it like with hipster flair, you know, they're wrapped in burlap or like a cool succulent jar, maybe. (laughs) Exactly. And so it's, you know, I think for a younger audience and also for just sort of like a poke, you know, (laughs) it was so great to see you or so great to meet you or thank you for that. And, you know, it just takes sort of five seconds on your phone. So I'm totally addicted and absolutely love what they're doing.
2: So when you say democratize flower delivery, you mean democratize in the sense of making it the price more
3: affordable to more people? So both more affordable to more people, you know, the cheapest I think is $25 all in um for something really beautiful and thoughtful and they handwrite the notes that you put, so you type in the note you want and they have these really cute postcards that, you know, look handwritten, so they're really high touch. Um but also democratize in the sense that it shouldn't just be for special occasions. That you know, who doesn't enjoy flowers? It's just sort of the best, I think, most delightful thing to be surprised by. Me personally, I love flowers. Always, even buy them for myself. So yeah, it's, it's I think for both the access, um, you know, the occasion and the price.
2: And for people listening along at home who may not know what it is, can you tell us what the Y Combinator is? Oh, sorry.
3: So Y Combinator is a tremendous tech accelerator. Um, based out of san francisco and they're you know known for sort of really cutting edge really creative and breakthrough um innovations and ventures uh and much like tech stars i would say known out of san francisco is just you know really creative a lot are consumer facing as well um so you know really interesting uh really interesting development and spin out of startups up there so it might be a good place for us to go
2: look for some new apps. Exactly. <laughs> Lauren, do you have something you like on your phone these days?
1: Um, yeah, lately, I mean, actually in the past couple weeks and, and over the summer, really, I've been looking for a new apartment and doing my crazy job and doing tech table. So I've been all over the city and I've been using Via to get around. Um, which is in some ways some kind of combination between Uber and a bus. <laughs> um, you're, it's kind of like Uber Pool, um, but it's $5 everywhere in the city, which is a pretty insane price. I don't know if that will eventually go up, but for now, I'm loving it. And, um, and yeah, it's been, really, it's been really great. I've met some sort of interesting people riding around and um, using it a lot. Interesting
2: people riding around <laughs> Uber bus. Yeah. that sounds interesting.
1: <laughs> How do you spell Via?
2: V I A. Perfect. Yeah, I love the name too. Yeah. I think it's apt. <laughs> I think of the paper towels. Hmm. Viva wow. or Via or something like that. See, I went straight to Italy. I thought it was
3: sort of cheeky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we get
1: pitched a lot of startups that are claiming to be the Uber of. X, Y, Z. So maybe new startups will be the via of.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Major plague.
2: So why are people pitching? Why are startups pitching these two ladies? Camilla and Lauren are two of the four founding members of a new um, tech event that will happen this September in Manhattan. It is called Tech Table. It's going to be a one day summit on Thursday, September 10th. It's $400 a person. You can see the full lineup of where it is, who's speaking at techtablesummit.com and you can also follow them at Twitter and Instagram at techtablesummit. And the idea is high tech for high touch. And this is something that we talk about quite a bit on this show. Uh, Most of the innovations that are happening in technology around the restaurant space, you can, there's pretty much an app for every piece of your restaurant experience. You can use an app to find a restaurant. You can use an app to buy a reservation. Use an app to photograph the food, the moment to moment. You could broadcast it on Periscope. You can use an app at the end to send feedback. You can get up from the table and pay with cover. Most of the people that we have had on this show and most of the people that we come across in the developer world are essentially customers who have a restaurant experience the folks who started Cover, he got out of an Uber car and sat down in a restaurant. And when he had to wait for his check, he wondered why the experience couldn't be more like Uber. Where Why did he even you know have to deal with a transaction? So he created Cover. And it's interesting that I've observed most people creating technology for the restaurant world are not restaurant people. And most of them are focusing on the front of the house side um, because that's where they sit. They sit in the dining room as diners. So... Camilla and Lauren brilliantly have made the same observation, so we know it's a good one. And (laughs) Tech Table Summit is basically to bring together restaurant and tech people to start having a conversation about why are fewer restaurant industry people active in this arena and what do we need going into the, you know, being in the 21st century in terms of technology that can help restaurants just be better and perform their job better. So I, I think it's an, definitely interesting. And there are a lot of different events and conferences out there, some for the restaurant industry, some for tech, um, some that put them together in a seminar or boot camp kind of way. What is going to make this a, a different conversation from the ones that we're already having? Um, you know, I think
1: and part of, part of coming up with all these ideas is because we have been to many of those events and whether it be for work or personal interest and kind of coming to it's really amazing that there's been so many different especially over the past I'd say two years so much attention on the space and and with that and so much money poured into the space and, and with that Things sort of start to get um, just a little bit more bifurcated, and there's a lot, as you mentioned, um, focused on startups and kind of startup showcases and, you know, pitch-offs and and whatnot, and then there's a lot around food and agriculture and tech to support those, and I think where, where we came to it was there wasn't as much and this hence the tagline high tech for high touch there wasn't as much happening around full service restaurants and full service hospitality businesses that really demand I think a little bit of a different touch with with technology you know I think there's a, there's a ton of things that only start to work at scale and this will focus on on some of those things but it will also Start to look at how do you really apply um, technology for businesses that are inherently and right now just very human and and make that interaction um, make that interaction a better one. And I think that's where we saw the need for you know people think the restaurant industry is small and we talk to each other all the time, but everyone is so busy in their different worlds that this was really a chance to get technology people restaurant people and investors all together and kind of talk through um what is the future of this and why is there so much money being poured into the space right now what are the solutions that are working where are the solutions that could use a little bit more help and um and how do we go forward as a as a bit more cohesive group rather than as you mentioned you know consumers coming up with solutions for them restaurants saying no because they can't have 50 apps or maybe apps. we'll
2: try it and yeah, they do have do 50 a, apps yeah and <laughs> it's
1: and it's 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 an amazing time because there's so much going on but it's also a confusing time for operators who have very limited time and not um and and low budgets to to adopt things
2: technology whether it be uh, in the form of an app that a restaurant would need to you know spend time looking at training or installing down to using social media to promote the restaurant, technology in this sense has created a completely new layer of work for yeah. restaurant people. A, a complete new layer of work, of time, of employees, jobs, mm-hmm. um, responsibilities that did not exist five years ago. It's kind of amazing.
3: It's yeah. a whole new language, a whole new ball game, a whole new you know, call for investing, where your capital goes, resources, it's it's all of the above. And I think that's the angle we're coming from it at, which is how do we push towards collaboration? I mean, so much of the environment now is I'm developing something, then I'm going to go sell it to a hospitality leader, a hospitality company. After then I've maybe sold get... it to the
2: incubator and the VC, <laughs> exactly. the
3: VC folks to give me some money and some angel
2: investors
3: and the public on Kickstarter. And then, you know, then we'll go back and we'll iterate, You know, I've I've said from the beginning, my ultimate dream is that someone from the tech world, someone from the hospitality world and someone from the investing community come together and say, hey, let's create something together. Let's build it in house and then go to market. I mean, to be able to build in house, really beta test thoughtfully and then go out and and seek commercial success, I think will bring, you know, amazing innovations that we really, really need. And also intrinsically, the people inside who are doing the jobs every day
2: have probably the best sense of what's broken Mm -hmm. and what's
3: efficient and what would be helpful and what would be scalable. And they touch both sides of operations and the business as well as what guests are telling them. I mean, we also I think sometimes underestimate how much someone on the floor, even in the kitchen. I mean, they're on the pulse every single day of what guests are giving them feedback on. It's. It's a tremendous resource that I think is still untapped.
2: Yeah. Restaurateurs, chefs, and, and restaurant people are the original entrepreneurs. They are the people who come up with concepts and sometimes crazy ideas and take in money or you know bet the farm and continuously innovate every single day. It's surprising to me that we are not seeing more tech innovation coming out of restaurants and kitchens because as a group of people, they are extremely creative and they are entrepreneurial and they are used to, if they're doing their jobs well, setting trends and and influencing industries, you know, uh, across the world sometimes. Why do you think it is that we're not seeing this kind of innovation from a group that typically is innovative, I mean, I think because restaurant people,
1: operator, whether front of house or back of house, in many ways, I mean, and this is not universal, but I think they love what they do because they touch people and because they touch physical products every day. And so the idea of replacing that with the tech innovation i think is is a little scary and 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 not something that they are focused on every day and and what they are focused on more is how can they save time so the apps and the tools that are the most useful for them are the ones that are helping them save time so they can actually get back to their day jobs which they love you know it doesn't it's hard being a chef it's hard being a floor manager and you don't choose I think a lot of people would say that you don't choose that profession it chooses you and when you fell when you fall in love with it it's because you love going to the green market every day it's because you love making people happy every day and that doesn't often combine with you know secretly between 1 and 3 a.m. I have a Technology lab at home.
3: <laughs> I'd, I'd also add but to that hackathon. Uh, hackathon. Yeah. Pretty, I'd also yeah. add to that that something that was brought up earlier is very true. You know, the cost and the the opportunity cost and the risk of beta testing within, you know, in very early uncharted territory, meaning more than five years ago, is a serious pain point for these businesses. Margins are low, they get compressed every single day, as we know in this sort of current regulatory environment and all the new trends, raising real estate prices, raising food costs, you know, and everything in between. To be able to carve out a part of your business for this type of innovation that may work, it may not work. These companies just don't really have that extra budget to say, hey, 3% of our business margin can go towards you know this crazy beta testing It's just a much harder proposition than I think being outside of the world. Um, But I do think you see the tide turning and part of where we felt the time is now is I think in our perspective, this new generation of millennials, I mean, hospitality is more popular than ever. I mean, I remember going to culinary school and, you know, people looked at me like I had five heads. And now I meet with at least 10 people a week. Who want to break into this industry and are asking me how with tremendous backgrounds, you know, from tech, business, et cetera, consulting, all trying to break into the industry. So I think that's been a good tide to see turning as well. And I do think you'll start seeing more innovations and tech solutions and tech businesses actually spun out of hospitality companies. Mm-hmm. I know of yeah one specifically that's not even public yet. I'm still trying to convince them to come showcase that tech table. but. We've actually gotten a lot of inbound calls from hospitality companies that no one knows are actually developing things. So
2: That's exciting. I'm looking starting. forward to hearing more about that. Yeah. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break and find out who our amazing sponsor is this week and listen to some new music from Jack.
3: And this one's called Quick by
1: Dreams. This is Tech Bytes. We'll be right back.
0: Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets. We support Heritage Radio Network because all you folks listening are so genuine, so dedicated to serious food, so much a part of what this country needs to strive to become. People like you are few and far between, and it's obvious to us at Fairway that we've got to stick together. Our desire is that the word gets out about Heritage Radio Network in its support for serious food, foodstuffs that offer memorability and and timelessness authenticity and and rarefied quality. This country grew too fast to have established any degree of a heritage. Europe had centuries to develop one. America has not. Heritage Radio Network serves to hasten the evolution of a society that often appears coarse and uninterested. For more information, please visit fairwaymarket.com.
2: Well, if you've just tuned in and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites on heritageradionetwork.org. Once a week we talk about the intersection of technology and food, and today that intersection is an event called Tech Table, which will be an inaugural summit this September on Thursday the 10th in New York City. Tickets are $400 a person, and it is an all-day, jam-packed lineup of Hospitality and tech folks, along with some money people, um, just to pay the tab, <laughs> talking about innovating tech solutions for the hospitality industry with a greater um, greater influence, impact, and thought from the hospitality industry itself. Because we, we talked about earlier in the show, there aren't that many hospitality folks creating technology for their own industry. And in spite of the fact that hospitality has a, a huge number of, of innovators and, you know, risk takers, not so much on the tech. And I, I wonder if it's also just because restaurants typically are kind of behind the times when it comes to tech. We talk about platforms like Open Table, which is not really in the cloud and is still kind of from the 90s. And I've always described restaurants as having a tech level of Pencil on cocktail napkin. <laughs> that it it will be very interesting to see what the result is of a day long, you know, series of discussions with these people. What is your um, what is your hope to have at the end of that day? What are your What are the outcomes you're hoping to have, or directions, or action items?
1: Um you know I think it's it's a combination of a place to start a conversation and then continue a conversation with the a large amount of the right group of people in the room and I think we're we've been really excited to see all the energy just leading up to it from speakers from sponsors from our own colleagues about wow that is a, that's something that I wish had existed a year ago where that's something that I wish you know that I was doing and and I think that's been Part of the excitement building up to the day, and I hope that that excitement only builds during the day and then continues through whatever programming we dream up um, for the rest of the year. But I think that's the that's the thing that is um, is the is the biggest goal of ours is just to get those conversations started and to not have them just exist. Um, for one day or one one talk but to spark um, combinations that had hadn't people who hadn't been connected before and a lot of that has to do with different types of people but then also geographically people from San Francisco LA Chicago New York coming together and having
3: a forum
2: so tell us who some of those people connecting from different industries are
3: sure so um, you know one of the things that we're really excited about is we're starting the day with a chat between Danny Meyer and Steve Case. Um, interestingly, what we paired them really for was, you know, Danny coming from hospitality for so long, but also as an early tech investor. You know, he was one of the first in open Table and Averro, and really always has had his pulse on that industry. And vice versa, Steve Case traditionally coming from tech, from AOL, you know, so long ago and now... Championing Sweet Green and really helping Sweet Green lead in QSR tech innovation is sort of this amazing crossover. And for two innovators that have you know, these amazing legacies in two different industries now are starting to gain traction in the others is really exactly what this day is all about. It's about bridging the gap, creating connections, and really hopefully through conversation as a first step, um, you know, building collaboration across all industries.
2: Are you both tech people? Where would you put yourselves on the on the, on the the hospitality side, on the tech side, on the...
1: Um, so I would say I'm, my world crosses into both. I'm the director of marketing for Union Square Hospitality Group. And I think when I started my job, I never thought that it would overlap with tech so much. But I work extremely closely with our director of IT, Maureen Cushing, who is one of our co-founders of the conference. And it was partly out of uh, the two of us going to a tech conference in Vegas called Mertech that started to spawn some of these ideas. And so we truly try to collaborate every day and build solutions for guests and for our operators that um, that have a lot to do with both of those worlds. So I would say I'm, I'm getting there and getting, getting more and more interested every day.
2: Um, Where would you put your level of tech knowledge from, being able to code on one side and um, not being sure how to sync your phone on the other side.
1: i two extremes. you know, if it's a percentage scale, I'm like 65, 70%. I've learned a a ton. And, you know, I think operators in many ways, um, I always say are the best teachers because they need it fast and easy and they want the user experience for guests to be right there. And so we do a lot of testing just on our team and, and with Maureen to really make sure that happens. And and I think, you know, there's there's room for, for error, but when you're in a, you know, 100, 200-person restaurant and guests are coming in your face, things need to
2: work, and they need to work quickly. Well, so. and the success <laughs> of a restaurant is, in the success long-term of a restaurant is very determined by how successfully the people in charge who created it can then turn around and teach the people mm-hmm. next to them who are going to run it, and then the people who are going to produce it. And yeah. If you don't have a good, you know, sort of sharing the knowledge and educational system, then you'll never teach that line cook how to make, you know, exactly the good fries. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: I'd, I'd probably put myself around seventy-five percent, seventy, similar to what Lauren shared. Um, I take a deep passion in startups. I'm an investor in a lot of companies in this space. Um, I've always just really been fascinated by this intersection. And while certainly not a coder by any stretch of the imagination, um, you know, it's interesting coming from a lot of different disciplines and in business development, how much you do rely on technology. Um, And my focus, particularly with the tech table is how do we also talk about solutions that are useful for business development, how do we talk about things that aren't seen by the guest, and how do we help leverage operations so they can be better primed for growth. So that's sort of where my, my focus is. And that touches both technology and marketing, as, as Lauren said, guest experience, um, brand management, all of those things really touch um, how a business can grow, grow thoughtfully, and, and continue to enhance their brand.
2: Well, it'll be a really interesting day. I think I'm looking forward to going and and listening to what everyone has to say and and also getting a peek at some of these new businesses maybe that are going to be pitching for support and for dollars. If you have a startup business that's tech hospitality related and you want to come and do the startup showcase, go to their website, techtablesummit.com, and all the information is there to submit your business and who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see you in September. <laughs> exactly. At the end of every show, I always like to ask my guests for a little piece of advice for people listening um, that they might be able to use. So you have a lot, a lot of different things going on here. But Lauren, I will say to you, the question I'll ask you is you have a lot of big names on on the lineup, lots of big names. And I know some of them you all knew and some of them you didn't. What's your best advice to cold calling?
1: <laughs> what- for getting on the lineup?
2: No, no. For general, no, what's your best advice? You cold calling for people to cold call someone to either get their participation or get an interview or meet them How, or engage with I them. I mean,
1: I always say just do your research and ask nicely. Um, I think I we I personally get cold calls whether it be via LinkedIn or email or phone at least multiple times a week. Like Camilla said, people are so excited to be in this industry, and I depended so men- so much on my own cold calls, whether it be when I was graduating from college or business school or transitioning jobs, so I always try to be extremely generous, but I think it always makes a difference when you can be specific about your ask and um, and do your research about the person you're asking for advice from.
2: We are in the tech age, so do you cold call mostly via email, or do you think an actual phone call is still viable.
1: I think via email or I mean I personally think that LinkedIn is a tremendous tool. We reached out to several speakers that way and I was not shocked but frankly just really impressed by the response time and I think it's an, it's an amazing tool to know exactly who the message is coming from and where it's going.
2: I have to admit, I am always surprised when LinkedIn works. I kind (laughs) of
1: expect that it's not going to, and it does a lot of the time. People really pay attention. I mean, in some ways, that's my most important social network.
3: I think it's because they're able to look at you as well, so they can see a little bit more context about Who's reaching out to it's, them rather it's than having just their caller name. ID? Yeah, totally. It's just yeah. like having caller yeah. ID with a background check. <laughs> with a background
2: <laughs> check, Camilla, I will ask you um, for a piece of advice on. You know, I think there's so much opportunity happening, and with the startup mentality being to go to friends and family first. What's your advice to people who may be looking at opportunities to invest or put a big chunk of money into, you know, a campaign somewhere, or become a part of a new business? What What are things people should look at when they are potentially going to invest in a new business.
3: So I love this question. And I, I remember learning this in a venture capital class in undergrad, you know, way back when, and it really is still true. And I know you've probably heard the adage and I, I genuinely do believe it. You invest in the team more than the idea, more than the product, more than the market. And that's the truth. You have to believe there's a big enough market and a big enough need that it has legs to be profitable, obviously, but things iterate over time. I mean, how many, how many companies that you use and you love now, they started out totally different. I mean, you know, fail Fridays become really popular and people love to talk about pivoting and it's just the nature of business. Where you start is certainly completely different than where the product or the business or the model ends. But what you believe in is that team. You believe that they're gonna get from A to B to Z. And, you know, you are going to be working closely with them. So I think you also have to inherently like them and trust them and believe that they can lead a team, that they can recruit, and that they can be flexible and adapt to what will certainly be an ever-changing environment. That is great
2: advice. And actually, we have not heard that on the show. So it's really wonderful. Think about investing in the team. So, 100% invest in the team and, and I guess use LinkedIn to kind of internet stalk them a little bit and do your research it's a nice combination right there high or, tech for high touch exactly exactly well I want to thank Camilla and Lauren for coming out to Bushwick for some pizza and some talk about technology thanks for having us uh, we'll be looking forward to their event in September on the 10th and I will also say see you in September for all of my listeners our listeners we're going to be on a little bit of a hiatus for the next four weeks I be on the Hootsuite, texting and tweeting and Facebooking and doing all kinds of stuff on LinkedIn. You can follow along and get in touch at TechBytes B-I-T-E-S-H-R-N. That's at Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. There will be some great recorded shows happening over the course of the next few weeks, so do come back and click in and listen. And the big news, I think, is coming in September, we will have a brand new, amazing reveal of our own technology that we hope everyone's going to love. So make sure you stay tuned and follow along. And also stay in touch. Tell us what you want to hear and what you want to see and what you're up to. I'm Jennifer Laietze. This is Tech Bytes. And I'll see you in September.
1: Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org.